1: LinkedIn, the place to be. To be.
2: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?
5: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Financial Heresy, where we talk about how money works so that you can make more, keep more, and give more. Today, we're going to be discussing the best, the fastest way to get out of debt and why specifically it is so important to do that right now. Um, Today, we live in a time that is uh, uh, more extreme in terms of the risks than uh, than our country has faced in a very long time um, if you look at the amount of debt that exists in our system when you look at the federal government uh, obviously national debt is at an all-time high the debt compared to the GDP um, which would be kind of like you know a measurement of the country's net worth although not exactly um, you know like if you take your, Debt, and you compare it to all the assets that you own. Um, let's say you owe one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt, and if you sold everything that you owned, you'd have hundred thousand dollars. You use that to pay off your debt. You still owe twenty thousand. That would be a debt to GDP ratio, or a debt to net worth, or a debt debt to asset ratio. You know, one hundred twenty percent. The federal government um, has, uh, you know, about a debt to GDP ratio of about 120 percent right now. So, if they were to command and control, take control of the entire U.S. economy, uh, even though it's private, it's you know, it doesn't belong to the government, but the debt does. Um, if they were able to take that and then somehow find a buyer to sell everything, all of our wealth, um, and then use all that to pay off the national debt, there would still be debt left over. Um, so that's what a debt-to-GDP ratio means if it's over 100%. Um, corporations are extremely highly leveraged as well. Households have more debt than they've ever had. Um, that's both housing debt and non-housing debt. That's credit card debt. That's student loans. That's auto loans. It's personal loans. It's everything. Suffice it to say, everybody has a ton of debt. Now, interest rates for a long time were like the lowest they've ever been, especially in like 2020 and 2021. Interest rates were crazy low. Um, Many people have mortgages that are, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half percent. Um, that's unprecedented, uh, historically speaking. And so, people, individuals, corporations, governments loaded up on a ton of debt because debt was cheap. But what's happening now is that that uh, is that debt is uh, is becoming more expensive. Interest rates are going up. And so um, for those people who have you know, a 3% mortgage, that, they don't get affected by that unless they have to move. If they have to move, then you know, then, then they're screwed. So people aren't wanting to move right now. But when you have uh, you know, something like credit card debt, and that interest rate goes from you know, an introductory rate of a year ago, two years ago, you had a 0% introductory rate. Um, and then it goes to 10%. And then it goes to 16%. And then I think average now is 20% or more. And in the beginning, if you loaded up on debt when it was cheap, and then you get into a situation now where your minimum payments are increasing and you're not making any any headway on, uh, on your principal. Suffice it to say that it's very easy. Many Americans right now are trapped in a cycle of debt, a cycle of bad debt. Um, and I know, uh, what this feels like. I know what it feels like to be loaded up with debt, uh, to the point where it feels like you are not going to be able to escape from it. Um, and so we're going to go over, my wife and I, you know, when we got married, we paid off, it was $30,000 of debt. Um, and we did it in nine months and this was before we were making any money. And uh, and so I'd like to share the process and the steps, the strategies, the tactics and the tricks that we used. Because today, it's more important than ever to be able to deleverage. It's more important than it's ever been to be able to get out of debt. It's more important than it's ever been to be able to have a positive net worth. Because things are, things are getting hard. And they're going to get harder as the government becomes a bigger and bigger burden on the economy. Interest rates go higher and higher. And uh, so... Number one, it's important to deleverage and be debt free because that will allow you to survive. Um, number two, you will be able to then take advantage of deals. Everybody looks at you know 2010, 2011, and says, "Oh man, how nice would it have been to have some cash to to start buying real estate in 2010, 2011?" Well, opportunities like that are coming. You don't want to be the one stuck in the gutter when those opportunities arise. And so it's more important than ever today to be able to be debt-free, to get out of debt, um, or at least get out of bad debt. So I'm going to uh, share everything that we did. Um, and uh, this was... What year was this? This was about nine years ago. Uh, and so obviously prices are higher. So the inflation adjusted numbers for both income and the debt level are higher today than they were for us. Um, I don't know what the exact numbers are when you adjust them for inflation, because it depends on whether you use the official inflation numbers or, um, you know, the real inflation numbers. So we're just going to use the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, 2014 numbers, um, whatever the actual, what the dollar numbers were. Um, so my wife and I got married. I was making less than minimum wage because I was working at a job where, uh, you know, basically working for a, a charity. And uh, I had to raise my own salary from, don- from donations and donors. And so, um, you know, I worked full time. But if I couldn't get enough people to donate um, to provide my salary, then you know that, that that was basically what I had what I had to live on. So, ended up I was making less than minimum wage. Um, and then my wife was making thirty five thousand dollars a year, and to me that seemed like a lot. That was great. Um, and uh, and so uh, uh, that was step number one. Was we got to figure out a way to make more money because I think together we I don't know it was something I, I I don't even remember the exact amount I was making like three dollars four dollars an hour or something. Um, so step number one, um, is, is make more money because no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to, uh, uh, dig your way out of a, out of a hole. Um, you're only going to be able to get out of a hole if you can add dirt back into it, right? If you're in a hole and you've got a shovel, no amount of digging is going to get you out of that hole. You've got to be able to add dirt into the bottom of the hole so you can fill in the hole and you can start climbing out, make that hole shallower and shallower until you can climb out. So step number one uh, for us was make more income. And and by the way, all these things, these are what we did that worked for us, that helped us. Um, And my personality, I'm a little bit more extreme. And so take take from this what works for you. I'm not saying this is what everybody has to do um, or that any other approach is wrong. But this worked the best for us. And we had much better results than anybody else that we knew. Um, and so I think that you know some of the things that we did were uh, uh, were were good and beneficial. Um, so for us, we needed to make more income because we had thirty thousand dollars of debt. My wife made thirty five thousand. I basically made nothing. You're not going to be able to get yourself out of that hole in that situation. Uh, you just do the math. You can't get out of that. So step number one, we had to make more money. So. Um, I got a job. I got a uh, you know a real job uh, where I didn't have to ask friends and family for donations to be able to uh, uh, provide for my salary. So um, I got a job at uh, Amazon. Um, the role was a uh, it was like a global security role. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but um, basically it was uh, it, it was a very monotonous, mundane. It was a night shift job. I was basically you know in. in at a at a local center, kind of in charge of making sure that the uh, uh, security teams around the different warehouses around the world were doing their jobs. And so, if there were different, you know, cameras or alarms or door locks, door you know windows that things got left open, then we would you know contact the local teams to have them fix them. And one one of the uh, one of the worst jobs I've ever had in terms of just like the meaninglessness of it, but. It was uh, it was forty thousand dollars was my salary there, and so it was like okay, forty thousand plus thirty five thousand is seventy five thousand. It's like it's not it's not a ton, um, but it's definitely enough. There, are, I know plenty of people who are you know making well into the six figures who are still trapped in cycles of debt and not being able to get ahead financially. It's like okay, at, at a certain point, as if you can do the math, um and it'll work out then but it's not working out in reality then that's an action problem it's a habit problem it's a discipline problem um it's not an income problem it's like the federal government right now they keep on trying to raise taxes and then they keep on spending way more than they bring in in taxes they've they they're making you know they're pull, they're pulling 4 trillion dollars out of the economy every single year for taxes but they're spending 6 trillion it's like you're never going to be able to get ahead in that situation. And it's not at a certain point, you have to take a look inward and say, okay, is this an income problem? Or is this an expenses problem? And initially, for us, it was an income problem, we did need more income. And then once I got that job, now we're okay, we're making $75,000, we owe 30,000. Now keep in mind, this was student debt. So I know some people are in situations where maybe the interest is higher, the minimum payments are higher. Um, where, you know, because you know, for us, it was it was we chose to make it a high pressure situation because we wanted to be debt free. Um, and so I understand that the mental pressure on some people might be more difficult. Um, but that's that can actually be a good thing. You can use that to your advantage because for us, we always had the temptation like, hey, if we want to go back down to the minimum payment, we could. Um, so we had to f- force ourselves to continue along a difficult path, even though nobody else was lighting that fire under us. So um, you-, you can always reframe your situation uh, if you actually want to achieve a goal. You can reframe your circumstance in a way that helps you move forward. Um, and so if you do have some of that, you know more intense high pressure debt, um, you know, maybe it's 30 grand of credit cards instead of student debt, Student loans, and it's like, all right, well, use that. Uh, Don't, don't uh, have, don't despise that. Use that as motivation, as fuel. So we got our income up to the seventy-five. We had thirty thousand of uh, of debt, and um, and so now we had to figure out, okay, what's the best path forward to be able to attack this debt as quickly as possible. And um, you know, after after taxes, there's you know seventy-five thousand dollars. Obviously, you don't. Take that home. So that was our, those were like our actual, you know, salaries, not our, not our take home pay. Um, and we looked at our take home pay and it was something around, it was something around 30. Let's see. Uh, let me, let me do the math here. So I was taken home $2,000, uh, per month. Uh, that was, that was what I was keeping. And, um, and I think I was, I was, Paying a little bit more of the taxes uh, that we would have on mine, um, and then I believe, I believe we had a little bit. Uh, I, maybe I was doing like twenty five hundred a month, and then my wife was doing like three thousand dollars a month, thirty three hundred dollars a month, something like that. So what we did was we basically just said, okay, um, my wife's salary goes towards the debt, my salary pays the bills. Um and so that gave us like fifteen to set fifteen hundred dollars something like that maybe seventeen hundred dollars every two weeks when she got paid to put towards uh put towards debt so we were doing like three thousand dollars every month um towards uh towards paying off uh, off the uh, off the debt um and so that left like it was like two thousand maybe it was like you know 2300 $2, dollars left over um, to to be able to just afford living. Um, now I understand that like, you know, today things are more expensive than they were back then. Um, but, uh, you know, m- most people, especially like even in intro level jobs now, like, um, I, I just drove by in and out the other day and they're hiring starting 20 bucks an hour at in and out. And so that, that's how much, you know, that's $40,000 a year. If you work full time and it's more much more than that, if you do overtime um, and that's in and out. And uh, so, you know, at that time, you know, in and out was probably, you know, like twelve or thirteen dollars an hour or something like that. Um, and so everything has gone up is, is basically what I'm saying. So we had to we had to get really tight, obviously, because, you know, two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars per month is not a ton to be able to live off of. So this is this is the, the the steps that we took. So number one, we got a one month emergency fund built up. I'll show you how we did the expenses, but basically that meant that that's you know it was basically two grand in an emergency fund, um and uh, and so that's that you know that's step number one because if something happens, you want to be able to cover your expenses for thirty days. You can you can figure things out. You know, if let's say one of you loses your job or something like that, you can figure something it, it something out in thirty days uh, if you really put your mind to it. If you really put your uh, you know, your 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 feet to the road, you start doing the work, you put the work in, uh, you start making the calls, you start you know going to going to the you know the interviews, whatever it is that's needed, you can figure things out in one month. Um, and uh, and so we did one month's worth of expenses in our emergency fund. Um. The next thing, this is where we'll spend you know a significant amount of time here, is on the budget because this is where most people most people screw just they fail before they start by not getting the budget right. This is this is the blueprint. This is the engine that will get you to where you want to go. Uh, and so here are the steps to do a proper budget if your goal is to get out of debt. The first thing you have to do is you have to go and um, I would say print out because it's just easier to flip through. You get a pen, you get a highlighter, but you can do it on on the computer too if you want. Um, You get the last three months of statements for every single one of your bank accounts and every single one of your credit cards. So you get literally so that you have a line item list of literally everything you have spent uh, money on uh, for the last three months. And that's minimum. I would recommend probably doing six months. Um, but yeah, at least have to do three months. So you get these, uh, you get these, uh, three months and what you do is you go through and you categorize all of your transactions and you're, so you're going to open up an Excel spreadsheet. If you have a, you know, if you're doing this on a windows computer, or if you use Mac, then you're going to use numbers or, you know, on anything you can do the Google, Google's version, uh, Google sheets, I believe. Um, and so you're just going to use a spreadsheet. And you're going to uh, list out um, every single transaction, um, and then you're going to categorize them. Um, and you can. This is this. You have some freedom here. Um, you don't have to follow the guidelines that like some of these financial gurus, like you know Dave Ramsey or whatever, talk about. You have the freedom to set these categories up any way you want. Um, you know, Everybody's got different needs. And so right here, all you're doing is categorizing. You're organizing. You need to get a feel for your cash flow. You need to get a feel for where your money goes. Because 9 times out of 10, when people have money problems, they have absolutely no idea where their money goes. They think they do. And then once they start looking, they're like, "Oh my gosh! I had no idea. I thought I was spending, you know, three hundred dollars a month on eating out. I'm actually spending nine hundred dollars a month on eating out. I thought I was spending four hundred dollars a month on groceries. I'm actually spending twelve hundred dollars a month on groceries." It's like most people have absolutely no idea how much they spend. They 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 underestimate by at least fifty percent. Um, and it's not until you sit down and you get the last three, four, five, six months. Um, and start adding up all of the expenses and categorizing them that you really see and you get a feel for. Okay, every month for the last four months, I've spent in between, you know, $500 to $700 on eating out. And then you just write it down. We're not making any decisions here yet. We're not making any cuts here yet. All we're doing is getting a really good,
6: That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic.
3: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
5: So you'll categorize it and the categories will be things like, uh, you know, you'll have uh, eating out and you'll have groceries and you'll have rent and you'll have Or mortgage, and you'll have homeowners insurance. You'll have car insurance. You'll have gas. You'll have electricity. You'll have, um, you know, like just you you categorize it all. You just put it all down, and um, and on the areas that uh, that fluctuate, um, just go with you know an average an average number here. Um, Now. What you'll probably find is that the amount of money that you're spending is equal to or more than the amount of money you're making. Once you get everything listed out, you'll say, "Okay, here's how much we spent on our mortgage, on our gas, on our food, on our entertainment, on movies, on uh, you know, uh, on trips, whatever it is." You add it all up and you say, "Okay, every month we're spending, you know, five thousand dollars." And we only make four thousand five hundred dollars in income every month when you know we count our paychecks together. Um, Oh, and by the way, I'm just I'm you know obviously I'm saying this through the lens of you know a married couple because I'm giving you the steps that my wife and I took. This applies to single people. This applies to people in you know relationships. It applies if you want to do this with a roommate or whatever it is. Like obviously, take this and apply it. However, uh, works best for you. That's the reason why I'm doing it through this lens is because that's, you know, I'm just basically telling you my story and what worked for us, um, and, uh, and so you, you have to detail a transaction, you add them up and then you see, okay, well, how much income do we have? And you'll either be equal to, or you'll be spending a little bit more. And that's why you have a debt problem, obviously, because <laughs> how else would you have a debt problem <laughs> if you're not spending more than you make? Um, if you weren't spending more than you made then, and, and you do have debt, that means you have savings and you can pay off the debt from the savings and then you're done. And you would <laughs> go no further <laughs> with this episode. Um, and so you are at some point spending more than you make. That's why you have a debt problem. So you got to figure that out. You got to look, you got to add it all up and you got to see okay, how much are we negative every single month? Now comes the hard part. And if you're married, if you're in a relationship, this is this is the part like where you really have to have to come together and you you say, hey, look, this is not me fighting you. This is not you fighting me. We are side by side, facing forward, and there's a big enemy, a big you know, a dragon, a monster that we're attacking together here. Uh, because if you start to attack each other, you're gonna you're gonna fail. There, there, you cannot succeed with this because. Um, there will be so many things trying to stop you from succeeding at this that if you're not able to pull together and do it together side by side and you're tearing each other apart at the same time, it's just not going to work. You got to be side by side, holding hands, you know, arms locked together, moving forward against a common enemy and not each other. Um, so you got to look at this ruthlessly and you got to you got to say, hey, look, OK, here are all of the absolutely necessary expenditures. So Mortgage yeah that's that's pretty necessary. Rent pretty necessary. Uh, gas to get to work, pretty necessary. Um, you know all the, the all the little uh, expenses, you add them up and you say, okay, if we were forced to, you know, if we no longer had access to credit cards and our income started dropping, like what is the minimum uh, what are our minimum expenses that would prevent us from dying? Like, what is the survival threshold here? Like, yes, right now we're spending $500 a month on groceries, but that doesn't mean that that grocery expense is necessary. Maybe only $400 is necessary because instead of buying chicken-of-the-sea tuna, you decide to get the off-brand tuna. Instead of getting Duke's or Hellman's mayonnaise, you get store-brand mayonnaise. Um, Maybe you're like I was. And you're just eating way too much. <laughs> there's some savings right there. Maybe go on a little bit of a diet and stop consuming so many of your dollars in food. And there's some things you can cut out there. So basically, you have to be ruthless with each other, attacking it together and say, okay, here's our absolute minimum. So my wife and I, we were married. We didn't have any kids. Um, so we looked at this and we said, okay, we got to pay our rent. But we're going to move into a place that's extremely cheap. So we got a place that was 650 bucks. It was in a terrible area of town, very dangerous, just in the ghetto. It was just like a bad area. Um but it was 650 bucks. And the utilities were like in, they were like included in that. It was uh it was just, you know, really <laughs> those are not the pla- the types of places that you want your kids to live someday. Um, but uh, uh you got to do what you got to do. So um we moved into a place that was cheap. Um, we had uh, we did keep our both of our cars because we both had jobs, so that allowed us to have the income, and um and then you know we shopped around for cheaper car insurance. We got the cheapest cell phone plan that we could. Um, instead of going with Verizon, which was you know thirty forty dollars more per month, we went with I think uh, T Mobile, which was cheaper every month. Um, we uh, we did not have home internet. This is one of the expenses we cut out. Instead of spending hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks a month on home internet, we said, "Look, we do everything on our cell phones. If we want to use our iPad or our laptop, we'll just do the hotspot uh, from our phone because uh, we had it was like cheap unlimited uh, hotspot data through T-Mobile." And uh, and so we we said, "Okay, that's that's a huge expense we can cut out." I mean, when you're only living off of twenty two hundred dollars a month, if you you know, a hundred dollars is a big deal if you cut that out. And so we we were very ruthless. We took a fine-tooth comb and we just said, Nope, we're not gonna do that. Nope, we're not gonna do that. Nope, we're not gonna do that. And we cut it down to the absolute, absolute bare bones. We spent $250 a month on groceries. Um, and then we took all of our bills and we updated them to annual bills because uh, for all the ones that gave you a uh, a discount to do so, and usually a lot of you know insurance or whatever it is, they'll say, "Hey, you'll save five percent, ten percent if you pay us annually instead of every month." Um, and uh, and so we did that to save like literally every single. Uh, area we could, you have to cut. And we were able to get our expenses down to just my income. And then we took her entire income and we used that to pay student loans twice a month, every single time she got her paycheck. Didn't even, didn't even allow that to sit in the bank account. Because the longer it stayed in the bank account, the longer uh, you think, oh man, that'd be really nice to be able to have this this month. That'd be really nice to go on that trip. That'd be really nice... To uh, you know, buy that extra, you know, get get that car this month. That'd be really nice to, whatever it is. Um, and uh, so you don't even let it sit. Every single time it comes in, it goes uh, goes towards that debt payment. So basically, what we did was we got really ruthless, and he said, "Okay, this is exactly what we're going to spend." And here's the deal: you have to do a weekly budget meeting. I know some some people say twice a month, some people say once a month. I say weekly. Why? because stuff happens. Things change. And so we, number one, you sit down before the month starts. This is the most important one. So uh, you know, if you're planning the, the budget for June, you have to sit down at the end of May and you have to say, okay, how much money are we going to make this month? And you put it into the budget sheet, you're the one that you created for yourself, the Excel document. You put it in. And it's the same every month, probably, unless you're in a sales position or an hourly, you're doing overtime, whatever it is. But you say, okay, here's how much my our paychecks are going to total out. Here's our total income for the month. So you write it in. Then you say, okay, here's the expenses for this month. Here's what we're going to spend. And here's the amount we're going to pay towards our debt. And here's the amount we're going to uh, spend on these categories that are not our usual categories. So, like, you know, sometimes a wedding comes up and you have to get a plane ticket or a gift. Somebody's birthday comes up, whatever it is. So I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, a jerk to everybody around you, uh, but I am saying you have to ignore other people's expectations of you because other people expect you to live in a nicer place so they can come over and visit. Other people expect you to have a, you know, uh, you know, Wi-Fi when you, they come over. Other people expect that. You know, whatever it is, uh, you know your the your situation is going to be different than uh, than ours. Um, but you have to ignore people's recommendations and expectations because everybody else is normal and normal people are broke and they are miserable. And so, if you don't want to be broken miserable, you can't do what all the broken miserable people do. Yeah, and that means you're going to be viewed as abnormal, and that's okay. I don't want to be normal. So you sit down before the month begins and you say, "This is exactly the number of dollars I'm going to get." This is exactly where we are going to spend every single one of those dollars. So you pre-plan the destination for every single one of those dollars, um, and that way, when those mo- when those dollars come in, they already have a set destination. You already know where they're going to be going. There's already a plan for it, and so um, when you uh, when you when you get that money, it goes out to the pre-planned places. Um. I say we have you have a weekly meeting because stuff comes up and stuff changes. So there may be situations in which you need to uh, change things around. Like, hey, um, this happened. We don't have any room. So we're gonna have to cut down a little bit on our groceries, you know, like spend ten less dollars. Like we need to find a coupon or something. Like we or maybe like, you know, some you gotta have a little bit of fun, a little bit of so we we did like, I don't know, fifty dollars a month for eating out. So it was like twice a month, we were able to go out to like a really cheap restaurant. Um, And so maybe one month, you have to cut that out to be able to buy something else. Whatever it like is, you're going to have things that come up. Maybe um, you ended up having to spend more money than you expected in a certain category. So you got these weekly meetings just to make sure you're on track. Did we get the paychecks? And then you monitor your bank accounts because you've been living life large as if you were rich for a very long time, got you into problems with debt. So you may... Wind up halfway through the month, and you realize where did we were supposed to have $300 more right now than we do right now? Where'd that money go? So, you got to have those weekly meetings. You look through your bank accounts and you say, okay, that was an unexpected expense from something I signed up for a year ago that I forgot about. It just recharged again. So, you got to go cancel, you got to go get your refund. So this you've got to keep track, you've got to be watching. And so these weekly meetings, what you're doing is you're reconciling the accounts. So you look at your bank account, you look at your statements, your cards, everything, and you say, okay, this is how much we're spending. This is happening according to plan. This is the money came in, the money went out. All right, everything's good. The longest meetings will be the ones right before the month starts where you're making the plan for the following month. and uh, the short meetings will be the weekly ones just to make sure everything is on track. Now, um, everything left over once you you know you butcher your your budget and you get as much money freed up as possible to attack the debt. So, what is the best plan of attack for that debt? Um, there's two approaches, and I want to emphasize that neither of these are incorrect. These are preferences that will work best based on your personality. So we're going to look at these from the two personality types. I call this uh, personality number one. I call the machine. Personality number two. I call the animal. So these are like I, I named these very intentionally because these are um, these are both good. There's, it, neither one of these is bad. It's not like one is good and one is bad um, because each of these has advantages that will allow you to you know. If you use them to your advantage, you can succeed financially like crazy uh, going down either one of these paths, depending on which one is your personality. Um, one is the machine, one is the animal. These are both good. These are, you know, the monster, the fire inside of you. So, the machine, what is the machine? This is a person who um, is very low in volatility, very low in neuroticism, somebody who is, um, unemotional about making decisions that you know you don't get emotionally uh, affected by making decisions um, or, um, uh, or and when when uh, something comes up it's just like well this was the plan obviously we're gonna do that and um, so you're it's more of a robotic low emotion machine like approach And so if you're the machine then that's a good thing think of yourself I'm a machine I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go accomplish my goals and nothing can get in my way. The other personality is the animal. Um, you got this aggressive, uh, animal-like, um, you know, monster inside of you that propels you towards your goals. Now, you are going to have a lot more. This the animal is a lot more volatile, has a lot is a lot higher in uh, neuroticism and can be easily influenced by uh, internal emotions. And when a decision comes up that's difficult, path one or path two. Um, uh, depending on your state of mind uh, at the time um, it can sway which way you want to move so you are less analytical about things more swayed by emotion and just so you know i'm the animal um and I did, this is where self-awareness comes in i didn't know this when uh, when i was younger when my wife and i got married i you know i would have said that i was the machine and so that's you know one of the one of the benefits to uh, inviting somebody in uh, to a lifelong commitment to live together is that they they show you who you really are, um, and so I realize now that uh, that uh, I am the animal type, and so we got these two, we've got these two personalities: the machine and the animal, and they're both good, but they change which approach you should take to get out of debt the fastest and the easiest. So, what the machine should do is pay off the lowest interest debt first. That's it. Very simple. Um, and so, I'm sorry, the, high, <laughs> the highest interest rate debt first. So if you've got a credit card that's charging you 25%, another credit card that's charging you 20%, another credit card is charging you 16%, and an auto loan that's charging you 9%, and a student loan that's charging you 6%. Go in that order. Pay off first. Take all of your... Well, n- number one, make your minimum payments on everything. Number two, take all that extra income that you freed up when you got the crazy aggressive budget. Take all that extra money and pay off the highest interest rate debt first. That 25% interest rate credit card. You pay that off. From there... You then take all that money plus the minimum payment from before, because that one's gone now, and you snowball that, you avalanche that, you do that and attack the next highest interest rate debt. doesn't matter what kind of debt it is, whether it's credit cards, student loans, auto loans, personal loans, anything like that. You just go in order of interest. This is something that the machine needs to do. Because number one, mathematically, this is the fastest way to get out of debt. If you are able to do this with the considering the same amount of money, you have two people that have the same amount of money to devote towards getting out of debt. The machine will get out of debt sooner uh, doing it this way because you're getting rid of the one that costs the most first. And so just mathematically speaking, obviously, that's going to get you out of debt a little bit faster. Here's the deal, though. It's not an insane, I mean, it depends on how much debt you have. If you have got, you know, $200,000 worth of debt, not including your house, then, you know, it it could be the difference between, you know, it could be years of difference. Um, But for the average person, it's not going to mean a significant uh, difference in time to get out of debt between the two approaches. Um, And to be honest, very few people are the machine approach. And the reason why only somebody who knows they are absolutely the machine should take this approach is because it's very difficult to do it this way. Um, You will be uh, discouraged because you will not make any progress at first. It will be a lot slower in terms of when you see milestones get hit. Now, most people are in the camp that I was, the animal approach, which is good. And you use it to your advantage but you're swayed by emotions, at least somewhat. And so small wins that release that dopamine hit can be extremely helpful in achieving uh, any goals. Um, So an example of this, when I uh, started my business, it was July of 2019. Six months later in December, five months later in December of 2019, I was considering um, throwing in the towel and starting to apply for jobs again because it, it i didn't I didn't see it working in December, i got my first youtube video that got over a thousand views um, I crossed the thousand subscriber mark um, so I was able to apply to YouTube to get my channel monetized and um, I got my first, Online sale of one of my online courses. Now, all three of those things together resulted in a grand total of like $295 to, you know, from from the business. So it's it was obviously it's not enough to pay the bills. It's not recurring. That's not passive income. That's not anything. So there was there's nothing like objectively speaking that should have made me say, okay, that's enough to keep on going now. But the dopamine hit. The mental, the encouragement, the motivation that that gave me to say, hey, I just crossed these few milestones. Now I don't feel like throwing in the towel anymore. That allowed me to keep on going. And it was just a few short months later when things really started getting going for me. So I'm so glad. I'm so thankful for those little tiny gifts, even though in objective reality they were meaningless. For your emotions and to force you to continue doing, you know, pushing forward towards your goal, they're everything. So, if you're the animal type like I am, um, you need to attack the smallest dollar amount of debt first. So, ignore the interest rates. Look at all of your different debts and you say, okay, I've got $100 on this credit card, I've got $1,000 on that credit card, I've got, uh, you know, $10,000 on that personal loan. And I've got, uh, you know, $20,000 on that auto loan. Go in the order of dollar amounts. Ignore the interest rate.
2: the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
5: Um, because you're going to make your minimum payments on everything, so you're not going to default on anything. You go to that first one for $100. And today it's gone. The mental motivation you get from that is stunning. It's only $100. You've known for months, you can get rid of that anytime you want. It's nothing. So get rid of it. Small wins build momentum and they lead to big wins. It proves to you that you're the type of person that says you're going to do what you say you're going to do and can make progress towards your goals. So you go in that order. And those small ones that happen at first will give you so much momentum and so much energy and so much motivation and discipline and clarity on achieving your goals that it will make it much easier. Yes, technically, this process will take just a tad bit longer than the process that the machine will go through. But if you're an animal and you try and go the path of the machine, you'll quit. You'll get two months into this, you won't pay off any credit cards, you'll still have all the same balances on everything, a little bit less on the first one that you attacked, but you won't actually complete anything, you won't check anything off your list, you won't be able to scratch off that credit card off your list, and you'll quit. And so if you're an animal, go the animal route, go in dollar, dollar amount uh, order. If you're a machine, go the highest interest rate route first. Um, now here are some tips and tricks. Uh, basically my wife and I approaching it from, you know, this standpoint, we paid off all of our debt. It was just about nine months, give or take. Um, and, uh, we had, I did the math and it wasn't purely from just our monthly income because we had just gotten married. So we had like a few thousand dollars total that we got in like gifts from, uh, our wedding from people. And so we used that as well. Um, and so that knocked off a few thousand dollars, um, but altogether we paid off just about thirty thousand dollars in just about nine months. And then we had a couple thousand dollars every month freed up once that was gone. Um, and uh, and so uh, and, and we did the animal approach. So here's some little tips and tricks and you know uh, tactics that we used that uh, assisted us. So number one, how many bank accounts should you have? So remember earlier when I said we switched over to the yearly bill payments instead of the monthly ones? Well, we still had to remember those were coming up and plan for those because we didn't have any money left over. It's like we had people asking us, well, what happens with, you know, one month, you just decide not to stick to your budget. It's like you don't understand what a budget means if you're asking that question. The money comes in and the money goes out. The only thing a budget does is you saying this is where it's gonna go. So we didn't have there there was no we didn't have the credit cards we we destroyed them we cut them up you don't have the ability to spend more than you make the money comes in you tell it where it's going to go and then it goes there um and so when you have uh when you have bills that are annual bills that's going to that's going to wreck your plan if you don't uh if you're not prepared for that and so what you have to do is we went to capital 1 and i believe they still have these savings accounts uh they were they were just at the time in my opinion the easiest ones to use but i'm sure there are plenty that are higher interest paying and a little bit easier to use now but basically you just set up a bunch of different online savings accounts that are all free and you name each one of them we had one named car insurance we had one named you know renters insurance we had one named vacations we had one named uh, gifts. We had one named whatever. So we looked at all the people we knew that we were going to be buying birthday gifts for. And we said, okay, we're going to spend, you know, let's say 25 bucks on each birthday gift. $25 times this many people means on average, every month, we have to save $35. And some months there'll be birthdays, some months there won't. But every month, since you know, Throughout the whole year, you add up all the times you're going to spend that money divided by the amount of money you're going to spend each time, and that's 35 bucks. So into your birthday gift fund account, you transfer 35 bucks each month. And then every month when there is a birthday, you have the money in that account to fund that birthday gift. So then you transfer that money back from your savings account back into your checking account, and now you have the money in there to spend on the birthday gift just like you planned. Um, and you do this with every category. So if your car insurance is $1,000 a year, uh, tw- let's say $1,200 a year, then uh, and you're paying that annually because you get the discount on it, well, then you move $100 every month into your car insurance savings account. And then every year when that bill comes up, you transfer the $1,200 that you have saved up now back into your checking account, and you have the money to be able to spend it on and so you can plan for these expenses and same thing with vacation. We said, okay, we're going to take you know, this, this vacation with your family, this vacation with my family, and those are going to be our two vacations we're going to take this year. This is how much we're going to spend on a monthly basis. When you average that out throughout the year, that's going to be you know $45 that we have to save every month to be able to plan for that. So we have a vacation fund and every month, $45 goes into the account. And you plan for it. You just get ready for it. And that's it. And so how many bank accounts do you need? Well, you need at least, mm, at least four. So your first bank account is going to be your joint checking account where all the expenses get paid from. Your paychecks both go into there. And your um, uh, your expenses, your necessary uh, expenses go out of there. So the rent, the mortgage, the car insurance, the gas, the whatever, it all comes out of there. If you just froze and said, I would never have a joint checking account with my spouse, you have bigger problems than your debt. <laughs> if you don't trust your, uh, significant, your, your, your spouse, if you're married to someone, you don't trust them enough, or you're going to get married to someone, you don't trust them enough to have a joint account, you don't trust them enough to be married to them. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, you know, a discussion for another time, but you, there were some, sk- there were some steps that you skipped. If, <laughs> if you're not able to share one checking account, uh, with that person, then that's a, that's a, a, a concern. You maybe shouldn't have decided to spend the rest of your life with this person. Uh, there's some, there's some other issues there, uh, but you have one account where the money comes in and the bills go out. That is the normal bills. You also have two individual accounts, one for you and one for them, one for him and one for her, one for you know whoever. And these are your own spending accounts. So everybody is going to have their own amount. I think when we started, it was like $25 or $50 a month, something very small, um, that uh, I could spend mine on whatever I wanted. She could spend hers on whatever she wanted. And you each have your own accounts. And so if I want to save mine up for a couple of months and then spend it on something bigger, I can. If I want to spend it all every single month on junk food and cookies or chips, then I can. And these are your own individual accounts. And you have transfers that are going into them from the joint account that fund your own personal um, expenses um, that uh, that you've pre-decided, hey, we're both going to spend this amount of money on whatever we want. And neither of us can tell each other how we're going to spend this money. Um and uh, and that's your individual fund money you can do whatever you want with it and you have your individual accounts for that that only you you can control and then um, I say at least four because your fourth account could technically be like hundred accounts um and, and that's the that's the savings account that I talked about for all the other expenses that you know are going to come up throughout the year. Um, and remember you're not building up a pool of savings at this point you're paying off debt And so you shouldn't have a savings account that you're putting $100, $200, $1,000 a month into to build that up. Um, You should be getting out of debt first, and then you can build up your savings much faster um, with less risk because you don't have that debt. Um, and so how many bank accounts do you need you need those three the joint one and then the two individual ones um, and then as many individual accounts that you can label that are savings accounts for those yearly expenses that are not happening every month that you can just you can just plan for um now uh, what about budgeting software um, i've tried every budgeting software in the book I've tried them all. I've tried Dave Ramsey's. I've tried the Quicken, the Mint. I've tried the. I've tried them all. The ones that are built into the bank accounts. Guess what? They all do the exact same thing, and they're all garbage compared to making your own Excel spreadsheet. Um, when you use these budgeting softwares, you're saying, "Okay, here's how much I'm going to spend on this category," and then it tries to track your expenses and say, "Okay, well you spent money at uh, Walmart, so we're just going to put that into groceries." But what you bought at Walmart was a gift for one of the birthdays. And so it puts it in the wrong category. And it it's just because it can't know what you bought and then what the purpose of what you bought. It can get a general idea, but then you have to go through and make sure it's all right, otherwise your budget's gonna be off. So you have to do the work anyway. So might as well just get it tailored perfectly to exactly what you want, number one. Number two, if you have a software doing it for you, you never get a feel for controlling your money. And if you don't control your money, your money controls you. And the Bible says, do not be a slave to money. The way you do that is by being a master over your money, aka being in control over it. Make money a slave to you, don't be a slave to money. And so until you have spent six months a year, however long it takes. Tracking every single dollar in and every single dollar out and controlling how that happens, what money comes in and where it goes. You are not a master of your money. And so don't have a software, don't have a program, don't have an app take over that. Don't abdicate your responsibility to something like that because you will never get the fine tooth feeling, that natural, that intuition, that uh, uh, deep connection to your cash flow um, if you don't put in the work. Um, And also, they're clunky. They're just not going to do it as well as you can do it uh, yourself. Um, And then uh, finally here, uh, what to do for fun. Um, because this is something that, you know, a lot of people who are in the situation, um, of, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're a shopaholic, you're a spendaholic, you spend too much money. Like it's, it's addicting. It's fun. I get it. I love spending money. Um, and so it can be hard to rein that in and pull that back. And by the way, this isn't the only time we've had to do this. We did this so that we could get out of debt. We got pregnant. We had a kid. Then my wife stopped working. So we had to go. We so we spent no money while we were getting out of debt, and then we had a little bit of time to save and spend money. And then when my son was born, my wife stopped working, and so we went right back to having no money again because her income went away. So it was just my income, and uh, and so I was still at that time not making any money. I was making forty thousand dollars a year, so we were living off of twenty two hundred dollars every month. So because we had put in the practice before, we had the discipline we needed to pull back again and spend less when we needed to and not get ourselves into trouble again. And then I started making a ton of money as I worked my way up and um, uh, in my company, became a stockbroker, moved into sales and started making more money, have more success. So we had the freedom to start spending more money again. And then I hated my life and I quit my job so I could start a business. And then guess what? We are back to where we were before. But we had done this twice already. So we pulled back our spending. We stopped spending. We reined it in. And guess what? We had the discipline to do that and the ability to do that, the muscle memory to do that because we had already done it twice before um, when we chose to. And so then when we had to, when I quit my job so that I could start the business, um, we were able to do that. And so this isn't something that... Um, that I, I know I'm speaking, number one, just telling the story of what we did and how how it worked for us and how it helped us. Um, but number two, this isn't something that is, you know, so far removed just a one-off. It was like, you know, hey, we just, you know, we just did this once and now, now it's all hunky-dory. It's like, no, we've actually done that three times now. And um, you may have a situation where you don't like the job you do. Maybe you don't like the work you do, but you're trapped and you're a slave to money and you're a slave to your job because of this financial situation you're in. If you can get yourself to a situation where you've saved up enough, you've invested a little bit, you've gotten out of debt, that could give you the freedom you need, the courage you need, the little boost that you need to be able to take that jump. Now you have the discipline that you need to be able to have a runway and you can start that business. You can go apply for that job. You can learn that skill. You can do that thing that you are always trying to do. You go live in that location, whatever it is. Um, And so building this discipline these habits are things that are going to give you the ability to choose and chase the life that you want and not be stuck in the one that you have uh, that you don't want so lastly what to do for fun because this was a big thing like people always told us we were crazy we never spent any money on things like on clothes and on you know travel and on events and like going and doing things it was like people are always telling us to light up lighten up like man just one month just do this and it's like no like you're telling us to do that, but you're average and you're broke and you're normal and you're miserable and we don't want your life. And so we're not going to do what you think we should do because then we'll be just like you. And so um, but there is the element of like what to do for fun, right? Because if if you listen to this whole story, you're probably thinking like, Oh man, like what in the world did you guys do? So the first thing is um I was on I was on night shift uh, when when we were you know getting out of debt and, uh, and so that was, that was kind of actually, you know, I hated it, but it was a blessing in disguise because, um, for most of our week, we were not awake when everybody else was awake. And so there were less pressures on us to spend money on the things that other people were spending money on. Um, number, uh, number two, um there was less stuff like open to do. So it wasn't like, you know, somebody on their weekend, they might be like, "Oh, I really want to go see that movie, but it's going to be, you know, now tickets are, you know, $20 a piece and um if you get, you know, popcorn, you could easily spend 100 bucks by going to the movie." So it's like you got the temptation to spend, you know, 40 to 100 bucks just to go to a movie and then maybe if you go to dinner after that, it's like, "Man, we just we just, you know, went backwards 2 months." We didn't really have that temptation. Um, but on the other side, it's like, okay, well then what did you do? Like, that's crazy because not only did you not have the pressures to do those things, but you didn't have the ability to do those things. So, um, number one, uh, here's where the library comes in, comes in real handy. Um, DVD players like renting DVDs from the library. I'm sure they actually have digital versions of it now. Uh, but reading books, we actually started reading a lot. Um, we, uh, uh, borrow are uh friends and families uh streaming service accounts um which is frowned on by some and now by the streaming services they're trying to crack down on that so that might not be available for much longer but library uh libraries have uh, have things to watch um number number 2 playing games like board games and card games um basically did a lot of things that like put yourself like, what did people do like a hundred years ago when there wasn't all this like modern entertainment available? Um, people just built lives and relationships together. We, we, di- we weren't spending a ton of money. And so we had to like cook all of our, all of our food. So there was a lot of meal preparation, uh, that we ended up doing together it was like, you know, is cleaning. It was, you know, going out and doing the, uh, doing the things that we weren't paying for. And so, um, There's, uh, there is an element of like, Hey, you do need to have fun and still enjoy each other, but that doesn't mean you have to blow your budget. That doesn't mean you have to spend a ton of money and set yourself back from achieving your goals. It's like, get creative with it and actually get to know each other and actually talk to each other and build a relationship and do things that, um, will force you to, uh, you know, uh, you know, be in a little bit of a different situation than other people, um, because you don't want to be like them. And so there are plenty of creative things that you can do for uh, for fun and for entertainment and for leisure time that don't necessarily cost an arm and a leg, um, even in today's day and age when prices have gotten outrageous, or maybe even more so. Um, you know, going out on walks, uh, going on uh, bike rides and hikes, and, um, you know, Gas is expensive, but having a little, uh, you know, day trip where you drive a couple hours outside the city—that's probably going to be cheaper in terms of gas than doing something like, uh, you know, a date night with dinner and drinks. Um, and so, it's okay to get creative and to do abnormal things um, and uh, and to have fun doing it. So that's what we did, and like I said, we were able to get out of debt in uh, nine months. It was thirty grand, and um, it was very uh, um, helpful that we did that because very soon after. Um, my wife got uh, my wife got pregnant, and that meant we were prepared now to be able to uh, to have a kid. And um, and if we hadn't done that, then it would have been much more difficult. And um, potentially, my wife wouldn't wouldn't have been able to completely uh, stop working because we would have had the extra bills from the extra debt. Um, and so, the sooner you can attack progress towards your goals, the better off. Uh, life will be. And so, especially in today's day and age with interest rates and the leverage in the system and the deals that are coming up with asset prices, it is more important than ever to get out of debt. That's the way that we did it. That's what I believe is the fastest and the easiest and the best way to do it. Take from that what works best for you. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk next time.
7: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the
5: Centurion Lounge. (sighs)